0: Welcome back to another episode of Bios Check-In. Hi, everyone.
1: Thank you for tuning in. And let's go straight into it. Susie,
0: what or rather who are we checking in with today? For our second Back to Basics episode and opening Women's History Month, we want to talk about the first official IO psychologist, the OG, Lillian Gilbreth. If you have heard of her, it was probably in passing in your intro to IO class module or early IO research and motion studies, but along her husband Frank Gilbert Because what is an early 20th century woman without her man? Well <laughs>
1: She could be an international traveler An engineer A double PhD from Brown And what would go on to become Berkeley University, California a Founder and mother Of a scientific field But I'm getting a little ahead Of the episode now <laughs> Am I? Have you heard
0: last week's episode, spoilers, Claudia.
1: <laughs> I love that little throwback, yes. Is this
0: <laughs> it for that? abso freaking Thank you for catching it. You're very welcome. Um, to be fair, her husband was instrumental in getting a couple things. Firstly, well, are 12 children, who would go on to some notable achievements of their own um they're also their consulting business and getting some of her work published fair even with all of Lillian's academic notices for the the 20 years that Frank was by her side publications felt safer and more reputable having men's names on them even though he never concluded college but well 20th century yay
1: Let's start from the beginning. (laughs) So Lillian starts doing very well in high school Mm -hmm. and decides she doesn't want to be a homemaker. So she had to negotiate with her father to let her attend college nearby Berkeley. uh, Well, in the town of Berkeley, what would become... uh, UC Berkeley. UC Berkeley. Uh, Keep in mind, Lillian was born in the 1870s. -hmm. So... Already negotiating the first year of college was incredible. Yes. As Papa Gilbert, no, wait, no. Papa Moeller,
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably just thought that would give her a better chance of getting married, honestly. But she managed That's where you meet your husband. And get your missus degree. Exactly. Um, but she actually completed an English degree, took psychology classes, and while she was at it, gets enough credits to snatch a teaching license on top of that. You may notice so far, okay, we said psychology, but there's nothing of engineering quite Mm -hmm. yet. She then moves to New York to continue her studies in English, getting a Master of Literature. She was actually supposed to study under um, a very famous writer at the time who refused to teach women. Yep, would not allow them in his classroom. Which thankfully redirects Lillian to a more supportive mentor figure Who mm-hmm. not only supports her in getting a master in English literature Pushes her to keep doing research Keep looking into her interests of teaching and psychology She re-enrolls in Berkeley long distance to get a doctorate Which she doesn't get
0: mm-hmm.
1: Only because she technically didn't fulfill the, the residency requirement Yeah So, a whole PhD, but she was an out-of-state student. So, Mm -hmm. sorry, not gonna happen. She then redirects to Brown, gets a PhD there, which is finally the one in applied psychology that makes her officially the first engineer to have a PhD in applied psychology in what would become... IO psychology. IO psych. Um, And... Her dissertation focused on how to make teaching methods more efficient and shaving off some waste in teaching. Mm -hmm. Now, I did name her an engineer to get a psych degree Mm -hmm. because in the meanwhile, Lillian had met Frank and had started working with him
0: in his engineering consulting business. One funny tad bit is that her... First name Lillian was actually Lily, mm-hmm. and when she went into grad school, she thought changing it to Lillian was more appropriate. I can see that because Lily is like,
1: like I have an aunt whose name Liliana, and mm-hmm. Lily is her nickname. Mm-hmm. That's like the cutesy way to put it. Not exactly a name that
0: imposes respect. Mm-hmm. Funny habit. But- when people I mean. ask me, like, do you want to go by Susanna or Susie? Now I don't really care. But, for example, my mom cares a lot. And, like, no, Susanna, don't don't try to belittle me by calling me Susie. Fair.
1: I've heard that argument a lot, especially for names that, like, reflect your ethnic origins. And, like, where people are like, is there something else I can call you? It's like, no, you can call me my... God-given, higher power-given, ancestor-given name. You can bother with that. I don't really have that much of a choice because Claudia doesn't really shorten to mm-hmm. anything. Clau, um, Clau, But that's definitely something I would accept from friends. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would react to someone calling me that in the office. I'd be like, excuse me, do I know you? <laughs> Anytime we would say, Have you, have, have we ever had dinner together?
0: <laughs> yeah. All of this for someone born in the 1870s from a good but not that well off family and throwing a trip to Europe and a marriage in the mix. Speaking of, when Lillian marries Frank, they start Gilberth Incorporated and go into consulting, which Claudia just mentioned. Sorry spoilers again, um, with offices in New-, in New York and London when international travel was still look like a month on the Titanic to get back and forth. Yes.
1: Which, to be fair, probably was more of Frank's wheelhouse because in the meanwhile, the couple also managed to have a dozen kids um, who went on to continue their work. Mm-hmm. They helped Lillian with the family company until she retired in the 1960s. Um, as well as making a name of their own, which is probably ring- going to ring bells for more than the I.O.'s listening. Um, Frank Jr. and Ernestine Gilbert pay tribute to Lillian and Frank um, in writing a book that then became a movie, that then became a remake of the movie... And I think there's another remake in the works right now. Well, there's the movie has, is a one and two now. But there's like another remake, I think, coming up. Wow. I'll double check. But if you're very confused because I haven't told you what yet, Frank Jr. went on to write a little-known book that was then adapted into a movie called Cheaper by the Dozen.
0: My and, favorite movie as a kid.
1: <laughs> and his sister, Ernestine, would then write... Bells on their toes which was the follow-up to cheaper by the dozen Mm -hmm. and as we were getting this episode ready i remember watching the hillary duff version growing up yep but the first cheaper by the dozen actually came out in the 1950s Mm -hmm. when lillian was very much still active consulting frank unfortunately didn't get to see it but can you imagine you're going you get out of the office and you go to the Cinema to see the movie based on the book your kids wrote about,
0: about your you. life.
1: Yeah <laughs> It's Odd like sweet, but a little bit odd to just open the doors of your Fictionalized home to everyone hmm but at the same time I will say having had 12 kids it would make sense that Lillian and Frank would be a little bit obsessed with efficiency and getting everyone to their places, doing the things they needed to be doing, with as little effort as possible. Because as little effort as possible was probably still a lot, while also managing a business and research <laughs> and fighting the patriarchy in every possible aspect. And
0: thinking about the movie, which I will be rewatching tonight, obviously, but... um. The movie was more about the wedding and then getting everyone to I think like take ta- like Tahoe or something. The yes, the ver- the modern version, yes. Mhm. Which efficiency research got a little bit
1: lost in translation.
0: A little bit, but still funny to think that one of my fav- one of our favorite movies as children was based on the first I.O. psychologist. And here we are. Look at us. <laughs> look at us now (laughs) nature or nurture let's debate that in the next back to
1: basics Uh,
0: but all in all Lillian and Frank um, are cited with some of the earliest methods for accommodating people with disabilities adding a surgical nurse to hand the surgeon instruments in the operating room so dad you're welcome (laughs) And standard military techniques for rapidly assembling and taking apart weapons while blindfolded. So,
1: you know, I didn't know that one. Mm -hmm. And my brain just made the silliest connection. Cliche. There's this social media TikToker Reels person who does the videos of reloading common objects as if they were... RPG weapons in video games okay clearly I spend more time on social media than you do or like yeah. on a
0: different part of the internet very different part of the internet
1: but there's all this like showing off about like oh I can build and clean my weapon blindfolded I can mm-hmm. do it in the dark I could do it behind my back blah 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 and that's also partially influenced by them mm-hmm just finding all of the little connections. This one might be a little bit of a stretch to the TikTok listeners. If you know what I'm talking about, let me know. <laughs> but yeah, please share. The one that I remembered them very well for in my first IO psych class mm-hmm. was that they did a study on how often and how wide the movements had to be for the person shoving coal into the f- engine of a train into the furnace. mm mm-hmm. To maximize both the use of coal and the efficiency of the movement. Because, of course, very hard physical labor. And it needed to go on as long as the route of the train was. Mm-hmm. Um, which I remember thinking back then. It's like, oh my god. They are also the forefathers of the micromanagers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So,
1: not all not all that shines is gold.
0: Yeah, I, in... That specific study, they used motion picture cameras, because 1900s. Um, Groundbreaking technology. Exactly. Um, they found that reducing the number of motions in a process not only made it more efficient, but reduced the fatigue of those workers.
1: Which especially thinking, again, when there wasn't as much sit on your couch, work from home on your laptop kind of jobs. Mm-hmm could really, really make a difference. I'm curious to see if Ford ever studied their research and applied it.
0: We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But yes, this has been another Back to Basics episode.
1: I hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit more about Lillian, her work, and some of the things that we owe to the Gilbert family. Mm-hmm. Go rewatch. watch Cheaper by the dozen The 1950 or the 2003 version Whichever your heart prefers <laughs> I will just say only one of those Is recorded entirely in black and white And in the transatlantic accent So you know which one I prefer But it has Hillary Duff in it As much as I love Hillary, Black and white movies Okay Well, But let us know which one you prefer Let us know if you knew about Lillian If you heard her name before What was your favorite tidbit from this Back to Basics? Slide into our DMs at Bias Podcast on Instagram. Tag us on Twitter. Send us a message on our Facebook page. Leave us a voice note on Anchor or a tip if you are so
0: inclined. And yeah, let us know what you think. We'll see you in the next one. I hope you all registered for PSYOP. If you haven't
1: yet. You missed the early bird, but you still have time. So let us know if you're attending.
0: Thank you for checking in this week, and we'll see you in the next one. Keep it efficient, but don't micromanage. Bye, everyone. Unless you have 12 kids, and then you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Touche.